0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Hey there, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in. This is The Shaleen Show. I'm Shaleen. Today's episode is an episode devoted to the parents.
2: There's so many little intricacies so many things that our society has labeled everything and it makes it very difficult for a person to just be who they are. My son doesn't like to use the bathrooms out and I've always thought it was just kind of a personal preference because I tend to not think about it from his perspective. But being trans, he, you know, he grew up going into the girls' room and now should be the boys' room, but we haven't had surgery. He's on T, but I wonder if there's a huge issue around which bathroom to go in and using public bathrooms. So thank you for opening up this conversation. Thank you for attempting to educate. I think people listen to you. They respect you. I hope that you don't get too much negativity from any of this. You're really just trying to open people's eyes and help educate and help people love those people in their lives, even when you don't understand. You don't have to understand.
1: While my transgender community is is always welcome here, I also want you to know that this episode might be triggering. It might be upsetting because you're going to hear from parents who are, some of them have just learned that their child is transgender. Some of them are trying to figure out if that's in fact what's going on with their kid. Some of these parents are not yet comfortable with the language. Some of them are very much struggling. If this is a real thing, if this is a choice, if this is something that is a fad or a trend or a a stage, a season, something their kid's gonna grow out of, and that could be really upsetting, triggering, non-affirming, and I don't want you to have to experience that. I don't. This is an episode that I've really created for understanding, empathy, and love. This is a Shaleen show. We don't talk about politics. I try not to. And unfortunately, the issue of transgender and, and even sexuality oftentimes becomes political. Here, it doesn't need to. This space is a place where we talk about life and we try to go through hard things together. I try to bring to you people who have been through it, people who are in the middle of it, and give you a place where you can understand you might be thinking to yourself, I don't need to listen to this episode because my kid isn't going to come out as transgender. I don't know any, anyone who is transgender or struggling with their identity or who is gay or bisexual or pansexual or asexual. I don't have to worry about any of these things. I don't even know what non-binary is. I don't even think it's a thing, so I don't need to listen. Well, you actually should. I'm hoping that you will. If nothing else, it's going to help you to be more empathetic, more supportive, more understanding when You do have someone in your life who is going through this or experiencing this or even just hearing about it or in your kid's school or in your grandkid's school. Like this is way more common as you're about to find out than you might think. Now, before you listen, if you haven't listened to last Wednesday's episode, I highly encourage you to do so because you're going to have a better understanding of the terminology that you're going to hear in this episode. And let me tell you, there's a lot of new terminology. It can be really confusing. And if you don't understand what all of these things mean, you may need a flow chart or a diagram to feel like you're actually following along. So please look in our show notes. To see our show notes, all you have to do is swipe up over the podcast art, you know, like the little image of the show. That's where you'll find it. Or you could just type in my name. For some reason, some people can't see show notes. If that's you, then just type in my name on any podcast app and transgender or gender identity and that previous episode should pull up. It's last Wednesday's episode. By the way, you may also want to make sure that you are following this show if you're listening on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. That's how you can be certain that whenever there's a new episode, it shows up automatically in your feed and you don't have to search for things. All right, let's do this. Today's episode is possible because of our sponsors. The reason why I'm able to spend as much time as I do and to devote the resources and the team that I have helping me put these episodes together is because we have companies that I've reached out to because I use their products. Now, a lot of podcasters, they wait till someone reaches out to them. I kind of do it the opposite way. I prefer to work with organizations or companies that I use their products. And so it feels more natural, doesn't feel like a salesy thing to me. And Organifi is one of the first companies that I reached out to because I use their products all the time. It's one of the ways that I'm able to make certain that I'm drinking more water and I'm getting all of the nutrients that I need because What Organifi does is creates the highest quality supplements, but almost all of them are in a powdered form. So I can just mix them with my water and get whatever it is that I might be missing. They use 100% USDA certified organic ingredients. And some of the things that I drink on the daily include Organifi Pure. Organifi Pure is what I take for my cognition, for my brain health. In addition to the things I take for my ADHD that are not over the counter, this is one of the ways that is proven to boost brain derived neurotropic factor by up to a hundred and forty two percent That's pretty huge. That means you're going to be able to think more sharply, sharper, sharply. I don't know. You'll boost your memory, it might just impress your coworkers. You're actually going to feel like your brain works a little better, so you won't be as forgetful. I also take immunity, I and mean, immunity is just one of the best ways for me to make sure. I don't always, I'm not always great about taking my pill form supplements. But when I mix immunity in with my water, by the way, I mix the immunity and the pure together. It just makes it very citrusy. It's great. The immunity offers me all the vitamin D3 that I need, 500% of your daily vitamin C needs. Plus, it will improve your immune system. They've got tons of fantastic products. They all taste delicious. They've got a greens drink, they've got a red drink, they've got Organifi Gold. They have warm beverages you can drink in the evening like teas and they're all delicious and you get 20% off everything with code Shalene when you go to Organifi.com. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shalene Again, Organifi.com slash Shalene for 20% off. Here we go. Please keep in mind as you're listening to this episode that... These are parents, many of whom are in the middle of the struggle. So they're not always going to use the right language. They don't always have the reaction that a child needs. They aren't always all the way through the process. Some of the parents you're going to hear from are really struggling. They're struggling, but they're also trying to educate themselves. And they're trying to support their child and love their child. And even the most well-meaning parent is still going to slip up. I mean, it is difficult to get in the habit of using a new pronoun for a child who has gone by another name or another pronoun since their birth. Now, I'm not here to judge or to defend any of these individuals by any means. I mean, this is their own journey, and I want to give them a place to share it. But please do keep in mind when you're hearing these messages that these are just snippets. I'm not playing you the entire message. And there are quite a few parents who you're going to hear them referring to their now transgender son as she or our daughter. And some of those parents did say that they were going to refer to, okay, so transgender son, just as a refresher, means that if someone has a transgender son, that means that is a child who was assigned female at birth. But they have transitioned, maybe socially, maybe with hormones, I think we have only hear from a couple of parents who have a child who has done some gender-affirming surgeries. But for the most part, you're going to hear from parents whose child have they've just decided to live as the gender that they feel as opposed to the gender that they were assigned at birth. So that would be someone, I believe, that's considered transitioning socially. You're also going to hear from some parents who whose child has transitioned in terms of hormones. You're going to hear from all these parents. But there are times like when someone with a transgender son, as they're telling the story, they will say she or our daughter. And these are parents who would never refer to a transgender son to his face as she or our daughter because they've worked through that. But sometimes in these messages, you will hear them kind of go back and forth. refer to their child as my daughter and then they'll slip up and say my son and sometimes they catch themselves and sometimes they don't and so I'm just like telling you up front that if it feels a little bit confusing to you can you even imagine how difficult this is for a parent and if you're a parent what you can relate to is the pain that you feel when your child is in pain It has been said that once you have a child, you are only ever as happy as your least happy child. Wow, and it's true. I mean, it shouldn't be, but it is so true. And if you're a parent, you get that, you understand that. But unless you have ever personally felt like you were born someone other than what society tells you you are, in other words, if you are identified as a male or a female at birth and you were like, yeah, that's what I am, We can't possibly understand how hard this has got to be on the kids. When I say the kids, the young adults, the teens, the 20 somethings, the adult child who feels like they're a disappointment to their own parents because of who they are. I can't imagine how painful that is. So while we are really talking about how hard this is for the parents, please know I couldn't even begin to understand what it feels like to be assigned one gender at birth and to feel like that's not who you are. So please, an open invitation to anyone from this community, when I say this community, meaning the transgender community, I'd love to hear from you. I would love to do an episode just devoted to your perspective, especially like your perspective as it related to your parents. Like, I'd love to hear from you the things that were helpful, that weren't helpful. I want to hear your perspective. You can leave me your voicemail messages by going to shaleen.com forward slash podcast. But today, we're talking to the parents.
3: Hey, Shaleen. Thank you so much for your episode on gender identity. My child, who was born a female, as early as fifth grade, maybe even earlier than that, started questioning their identity. As of this moment, they are 15 years old and identify as non-binary.
1: As a reminder, when someone refers to themselves as non-binary, that means that they don't necessarily identify as female or as male. Those who identify as non-binary may transition and they may not. Someone might identify as non-binary for the rest of their lives. Someone else might identify as non-binary while they're trying to figure out if, in fact, they are transgender. But again, non-binary is a reference only to gender, meaning it doesn't fall within the binary, meaning boy-girl, gender norms. And it has nothing to do with a person's sexuality, whether they're attracted to male or female. This parent's child also identified for a period of time as pansexual. But as is often the case with both gender and sexuality, there's movement. It's fluid. There are nuances and complexities that, for most of us, depending on what generation we came from, these things were foreign to us.
3: Another terminology that they identify as, which was not mentioned on your episode, is asexual which means that they are not currently interested in a sexual relationship, which at 15, I'm perfectly fine with, to be quite honest. So I just wanted to thank you so much for this episode to bring awareness to all of the various identities that are out there and also to bring awareness that these identities can change over time and can change, you know, by week, month, year, it's really helpful for people to understand that, especially parents.
1: And no matter how open-minded or accepting you are, to experience something like this as a parent is a completely different ballgame.
4: And my son did transition from female to male, and that journey felt like the floor had dropped out from under me. And I questioned God, I questioned our beliefs. I I didn't really ever question my child.
5: I think the hardest part for me as his mom was mourning the loss of what I thought I was going to have. You know, the prom
6: dress and the wedding dress and the babies. I had no idea what was going on, that it was even taking place, or that my kid even felt that way. The hardest part of all of this is just knowing that there are people out there that are not accepting and will judge her before even giving her a chance. We live in an area that is not very accepting of non-white or LGBTQ people, and I do have concerns for her safety at times. It was hard for
7: me when he first decided to change his pronouns and name because I felt like I was losing my little girl. Seeing him upset when someone calls him the wrong pronoun and feeling uncomfortable at family functions and hearing other kids being mean and bullying, is definitely heartbreaking for me. So I do my best to support him however I can. And I just want him to feel love and safe. And I don't want to lose my child to drugs or depression. I don't know, it's
8: hard. It's, this is uh, not something that I anticipated going
0: through as a parent. And the biggest struggle that I've come across is my husband and I not only coming to be on the same page, but finding ways to support our child. Our child is bullied at school almost daily already, and we aren't even at a point where our child has transitioned. He still wears boys' clothes, and my husband and I struggle with the idea of sending him to school in girls' clothes and potentially being opened up to harsher bullying, more intense bullying we were terrified about
9: what that would do to his mental health. The very hardest part is feeling very, very alone. We actually were attacked by my son's friend group, not embracing him choosing to be a girl after, I don't know, he thought about it for a month and decided he wanted to be a girl. We're really understanding through research It's very difficult because the culture says to embrace the medical field is saying, yep, let's give them hormones and that is not our stance. So the difficult part for me as a parent is how to be so grace-bearing and loving to my son. And I'm going to be really honest because a lot of people in the culture and in the world view this as very similar to being, you know, whether it be gay or lesbian and things. And it's not. He wants, he doesn't like his body. He looks in the mirror and he wants to get rid of his body parts. That's not okay. And I'm being very, very blunt and very, very honest. And so we're just working and trying to find, honestly, somebody that works with trans teen boys that isn't in the affirming stance so much as, getting to the root cause. What's going on?
1: As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you're going to hear from parents who don't necessarily believe this is a choice. You'll hear from parents who are looking for someone to help their family, someone who can align with their faith. You'll hear from parents who have decided to allow their child to take the lead. Parents who saw many of the signs that their child was struggling with their gender from as young as even four years old. And maybe they live in a small town where it's really hard to find psychologists and a team of professionals who can help to assess the child and figure out if in fact and when in fact this child should go on hormone replacements or or should they ever. And you'll hear from parents who have the opposite problem where the first team of doctors or support that they found was very much gender affirming without questioning origin, influence, date of onset, or doing a true psychological evaluation before prescribing Hormone replacement. Just as a reminder, I'm asking you to suspend your judgment because every child, every parent, and every circumstance is different.
10: My daughter was always the little girly girl. Curly hair, dress up, did everything. Everything. Everything that a little girl does. Did cheer for 10 years. I don't think ever felt accepted in the cheer world. She did a competitive cheer. She went through eighth grade. Freshman year, went into a trade school, left all like her normal friends, everybody that she grew up with, and did amazing. During her high school years, slowly started to change, wanted her hair cut off, wanted to dress more like a boy. Her best friend in high school was going through, was transgender and going through that change. And so, of course, as you know, her parents, we were thinking it's just who she's hanging out with now. And... But then came to us a couple of years ago and said, I think I'm non-binary. Well, my husband, of course, like writes that right off because what the heck is non-binary? We don't understand what that is. During last year, COVID, senior year, she came to me and see, I'm already like screwing it up because I keep saying she and that's not how they would like to be identified, was struggling. My husband doesn't really accept the fact that she wants to be non binary or that she is, see, screwed up, that she is non binary because it's our baby girl. The one thing that I always tell them that's how my daughter wants to be referred to as they or them. It's really hard for me. That's a struggle because it's not like normal English language. (laughs) I respect their decision. Is it their decision, though? See, it's hard. It's a hard struggle. You have to accept it. You have to take them as they are. You have to have them support whichever path they're going to go through.
2: Our son was assigned female at birth, and he came out to us when he was a sophomore in high school, about 15, at first coming out as gay and then coming out as trans, wrapping our heads around that very quickly. We came home one day and his head was bald after having long blonde hair. So that was a bit of a moment for dad. And he cried, but not in front of our son.
1: As a parent, we will do whatever it takes to keep our child safe. For some, that includes agreeing to surgical intervention and hormone replacement therapies, even if you believe that your child might not be old enough to make this sometimes permanent decision on their own meaning you've got to bring in a team of individuals to help assess the child and figure out what is in their best interest. There's no instruction booklet to help you get through this, and to say these things are complicated would be an understatement.
2: We've had primary care physician appointments, gender doctor appointments for testosterone or T. He injects himself, so we don't have to do that. But then there's making sure he's not pregnant, so there's birth control tests. And then there's acne because of the T and he's a teenager. And then there's acne medication and more birth control tests and more appointments. And you just have to really trust your teenager to, you know, share information. But how do they make decisions? You know, there's a chance he may not be able to have kids if for some reason he ever wanted to use his own eggs. So mental health appointments, psychiatric nurse practitioner appointments for meds. Finding therapists was very hard for trans kids under the age of 18. It's a little easier now that he's older.
1: In August of 2018, researchers from Brown University School of Public Health published an article about a trend called rapid onset gender dysphoria. In other words, this was a study about the idea or the growing concern that young people, more specifically female were suddenly or quickly, kind of during or after puberty, deciding that they were transgender. The study suggested that social media and the influence of girls' friends was playing a major role in what appeared to be a sudden surge in the number of girls who are identifying as non-binary or transgender males. That idea is highly controversial. Many critics said the article and the the research was scientifically unsound and that it was motivated by anti-transgender beliefs. In fact, there was such an outcry of criticism about that article and that research that the journal initiated a formal review process that eventually led to the article being republished. In the original article, the author, Lisa Littman, L-I-T-T-M-A-N, MD of Brown University, suggested that there was this growing concern that young people were suddenly and rapidly developing gender dysphoria, even though they had no symptoms of gender dysphoria during childhood. The author simply described that there were lots of parents reporting that this often happened after their daughters became part of a friend group or after compulsively watching videos, YouTube videos, or reading about gender identity and just being kind of inundated with this idea of gender dysphoria as a type of adolescent or late-onset gender dysphoria where the development of gender dysphoria, there were no signs of it when they were younger. Many people criticize Lisa Lipman as suggesting that gender dysphoria was simply social contagion in much the same way anorexia can catch on in friend groups or smoking, or drinking, or other habits or identities that are influenced by our social and or peer groups. This theory is also the basis of the book Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Shearer. This book was pulled by many bookstores, but eventually the controversy created a bestseller. I think it's really important to note that many other scientists, including the World Professional Association of Transgender Health, Found lots of problems with the way these studies were conducted and the preponderance of other factors that might lead a young person to never talk to their parents about what they're feeling or to have their experience heightened as they begin to enter into puberty. Nonetheless, this episode is not to validate or to invalidate parents who are seeking to understand if, in fact, their child is truly struggling with gender dysphoria. Or if by chance their child is going through a difficult time and has found a group or a social media community or a transgender individual who, when they explain what it is they're going through, what it is they feel, this young person may then diagnose themselves as transgender or non-binary.
11: I have a 17-year-old stepdaughter. Her whole life she's been a super girly Super, you know, traditional, I guess you can say, little girl. About three and a half years ago, she decided to cut off all of her hair. The clothes kind of transitioned into more of a boy style. That's about it. You know, we just kind of thought she was going through a phase in high school. Senior in high school this year, the second week of August, she sent a text message to her mom saying that she wanted to take a year off. A gap year between high school and college so she could transition into a male. That was the first time that we had heard any talk of this in either, you know, both her mom's household and our household. We both were completely shocked. And about a week after that, she had told us that she had attempted to commit suicide. So we put her in a facility. She was there for about 10 days. And while she was in that facility, she chose male pronouns and a male name. Needless to say, it is very confusing as to what is the best way for us to, you know, refer to her. What are her chosen pronouns? What name would she like to be referred to? She's three other friends that she's pretty close with. And all three of those girls identify as male it's hard not to think that it is a i don't know a, a phase or a way for her to fit in
7: i'm a parent um who is a 13 year old who is that has brought to our attention that she feels like she's transgender she came out i'm sorry i keep calling her she because they i don't know came out uh, over a year ago as pansexual I also have a 15-year-old boy. He has mentioned before he's been attracted to male and female and thinks that he might be pansexual. She hasn't completely told my husband too much, but she has talked to me. She changed her name at school without telling us with teachers, friends. The first thing she came to us, she did say she wanted to be called they or she, but she says she definitely, I think, doesn't feel more... Girl or boy, sometimes. My child
4: struggled with anxiety and depression far more serious than I realized and definitely questioned their sexual orientation and gender identity. Probably starting around 14, 15 years old, I felt so helpless. So it was very heartbreaking to then watch them be hurt and pain and struggle and especially around the gender identity and sexual orientation, see them struggle with like feelings of guilt and shame and wrestle with the realization of who they are, not aligning with what society was expecting or what they thought we would
1: want. The question many very well-meaning parents have is, is social media influencing my child or is social media informing my child? Is there an increase in the number of young people who are identifying as transgender because they're seeing other people get attention or be accepted or maybe even be celebrated because of their gender identity? That's certainly a possibility. But consider the last time you had something going on, whether it was physical or mental, and you didn't know what it was, and you saw somebody describing your symptoms either on a website or somewhere in social media, and you thought to yourself, aha, you know, now I can put a name to this thing that I've been feeling. Every single day when I'm on my own social media stories and I'm talking about ADHD, I mean, every single day I will have someone reach out to me and say, thank you. I finally realized like this is what I have been experiencing all my life. I've just never been diagnosed with ADHD, but because i'm hearing what you've experienced and what you feel and how your brain works i now can put a name to this thing that i've felt all my life and i'm not comparing adhd to gender identity and i'm i'm not comparing my own situation to anyone else's situation i'm just saying that there is a much greater number of people who are today diagnosed with ADHD because there's more awareness and there's more people talking about it. I don't know what the answer is. I don't. I just want to provide a forum here where we can talk about it. And I just, I don't think it helps anyone to assume it's all one way or the other. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that there are people who are born and assigned a gender at birth that they in no way, shape, or form relate to, and they they know it from the time they're very, very young. And, you know, this might not be very popular and I might get a lot of heat for this, but there's got to be people out there who, specifically teens, who are just really uncomfortable with their bodies and really uncomfortable going through puberty and, and going through a difficult time during this pandemic. And this feels like it could be the answer.
8: I have a 20-year-old daughter who literally announced just six months ago that they are trans and are taking on a male pronoun and starting to dress like a male, and it seems like it came out of nowhere. Definitely struggling, although I, of course, love my child, and I am somewhat open-minded. It's very different when it's your own kid and you don't get it, (laughs) and don't believe it i guess this came out of seemingly nowhere as an adult
6: my daughter is 15 during covid she was spending a lot of time on social media talking to friends and began seeing different pages and blogs that share more information on lgbtq plus topics like you know overall awareness some issues they face and hate crimes things of that nature She shortly after came out as non-binary and changed her pronouns to they, them, and preferred to be called by a nickname. Here recently, the last month, she started back to in-person school and has since said that her pronouns are she, they, and no longer has a gender preference on who she prefers to date. My husband and I give her the support to explore that side of her life without fear of judgment from us.
7: My child was born as Alexis. And earlier this year, Alexis came out and said that she identifies as he, him, and has not legally changed the name, but has asked to be called Xander and has changed his name for school. My daughter is
11: struggling with gender identity right now. I think I can trace it back to starting like right around when the pandemic started, when we were doing remote. Online learning strictly, and there was little to no like friend interaction. So that's when I think this really like all started. We noticed changes in like how she wanted to dress, and she wanted to cut her hair really short, which we didn't have an issue with at all. In my mind, I'm thinking that this is a phase, but I mean, I really don't know.
1: This next message is really unique because it's from a parent who also happens to be a teacher watching this phenomenon unfold in their school and in their own home.
12: So I'm responding actually for students of mine. I currently have nine students who are transgender. They identify as a gender that was not assigned at birth. They are actually two are on hormones and starting the process and plan on having top surgery. They were biological females transitioning to males. Um, I only have two female students who, excuse me, two male students transitioning to female, the rest are, the other seven are female to male. Coming out of the pandemic, um, as we entered it, these might have been children who struggled with mental health issues. It seems to have exacerbated what was happening in their lives, maybe struggling with a home situation that they were even more isolated since they didn't get to go to school as an outlet. I really can't as you know, I'm, not, I'm actually the parent of one of my children's gay. My son is gay, but gay seems to be pretty boring these days, <laughs> at least where I teach. I'm also the advisor for the GSA club, the Gay Straight Alliance club. I just, I really do think that a big part of it has to do with their mental health and them and they're struggling. And I pray that when they get out of this period that they're in, that they seek out the support. And I'm always there and I'm always guiding them and I'm always seeking out the social worker and the psychologist for the ones that, you know, seem to need it the most. But I hope that they realize how they feel and how they identify might have just been a confusing period in their lives. I truly know that there are births where... They're born biologically in their wrong body, and they feel it, and they know it. But I do feel that there's spillover, and there's this, like, contagious-type vibe, especially in a small setting, a small school district, like the one where I teach. And I've been there 14 years, and we've never had nine children. Our average graduating class is 90. So that would be 10% of the kids are transgender. I don't know. I'm not judging. I am the most open, you know, accepting person. However, I just find it unusually high numbers.
6: I don't think this is something my daughter has always struggled with. One of her good friends is trans, and early on, she learned a lot about this community. I also think this was a result of being isolated from her peers for a year and a half and being constantly bombarded with these topics on social media. Um, It just added to her uncertainty and confusion. I think my daughter is still figuring things out, and that's perfectly fine. My son has never
9: exhibited any normal tendencies for gender dysphoria or anything like that, never identified identifying traits. It's just a complete surprise
1: that this came about. And then there are those parents who, from a very early age, seemed not to identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth.
0: So we have an 11 year old son who identifies as both boy and girl and feels most comfortable as a girl. And we've kind of known that this might be a thing for a few years. And he is now, since he's getting older, kind of able to communicate to us what his preferences are as a female. So my question would be, how do we identify or locate, you know, a therapist, a family therapist or a marriage counselor who has experience with these types of circumstances? Our biggest challenge is being able to communicate between the two of us, my husband and I, to be on the same page. I think that it's amazing that you're covering this topic because I'm not going to lie, it kind of does seem like a social phenomenon. But I know how real it is for my son, my child, because, you know, we were seeing signs of him potentially not feeling or being in the right body, I guess early on, he, from as long as I can remember, has always been drawn towards female things like Barbie dolls and playing dress up as princesses. And, you know, purses and makeup. While I think he was, you know, excited about Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, I think it was because that's what he had at the time. But he was always drawn towards doing the dress up and to Princess dresses and playing Barbie dolls, and even, you know, designing clothes for his Barbies. It's kind of always been a thing for him. I know his draw towards being a female has always been very organic, but that's not to say that it's not socially a thing. While my son has influence amongst his peers and he has friends that are you know, kind of going through transition at this point. He doesn't have a social media presence. Any influence that he has really is coming from his peers. And I know that there's actually a really strong presence right now. I can completely understand where parents are coming from, with the concern that, you know, this is all kind of just a fad. And honestly, I don't know that hormonally it's a good idea for anybody going through this period of life, puberty and maturing stages, because let's face it, who is comfortable in their (laughs) prepubescent puberty stages? Nobody's comfortable during that time. And I think this has just kind of become uh, another way for kids to say that they're uncomfortable in their own skin. I also think that part of it is we are starting to become more accepting of the idea that people may want to be somebody different. And that's where we're seeing people accept the fact that kids may end up being transgender.
8: My daughter is seven. She is not a girly girl by any means, That kind of started to happen, like maybe around age five or six. Her interests kind of were always more into quote unquote boy things, which we always kind of loved because we embrace differences in our family and we didn't care what she liked. So we always encouraged her to choose whatever toys she wanted to play with, things like that. So we've always been very open about those things and never forced her You know, like gender-specific toys or clothes or anything like that. Around age six to seven, she really started to want to wear more boy boy clothes. A few days ago, she actually said to me, for some reason she was talking about a leprechaun, how if she came in contact with a leprechaun, she would have three wishes. Her first wish was that she could be a boy. And her second wish, I don't even remember because I was so taken aback by the first one, and her third wish was that she could have fourteen golden retrievers. And I tried really hard not to respond in a way that would make her feel uncomfortable or like anything. so I just said, and why why would you why did you choose those things as your wishes?" And she said, "Because they're really special to me. Where do we go from here?
5: My son is 22 now. He was assigned female at birth, and we learned he was struggling right around the age of 12 or 13. When he came out to us, it was about the time that I had actually quit my job because I was so worried about his mental health. I was afraid he was actually going to take his own life. So he came out, and we found some of the best therapists in the field. He's 22 years old and he transitioned right about the time he was in eighth grade and um, he did end up changing his name legally when he was a senior in high school and he had he has had one surgery which we made him wait until he was 18 to do. And that process of transitioning is actually really really difficult. There's a lot involved with it.
1: Friend of the show and licensed psychologist Dr. Michaela Sarno, has experience treating transgender teens and their families, and she has this to share with us. This is a very difficult situation for all parents.
13: So where do you start? Well, of course, you want to love them. You want to respect them and support them. But there's no denying the incredible spike in transgender teens in the last two years. This is a very real thing for some kids and for others, there's no denying the influence their friends, social media have had on them and their susceptibility due to very normal teenage struggles to fit in and belong. Don't minimize your child's new identity, regardless of what got them there. It's real to them. Don't show your anger, validate their willingness, their trust to confide in you. Otherwise you make it unsafe for them to do that in the future. Maintain a balance. For example, agree to allow them to express themselves through their clothes. Agree to the they, them, but maintain your position in terms of what you've experienced of them, what you've noticed, and what you see. It's up to you to shed some light on reality for them while avoiding a power struggle. So we talked about some of the don'ts. Here's some of the do's. Limit their social media. that means TikTok, YouTube, believe it or not, Reddit, Discord, Tumblr. Those are no's. Take their phone away at night. Nothing good happens in the middle of the night. During those hours, they don't need their phone. Find a good therapist, one that's open-minded and will actually address not only the current issues and challenges, but move towards the core sources of possible trauma. So how do you know if your child's symptoms are the result of true transgender or gender dysphoria, or are part of an influence. Well, it doesn't matter. Because if it's part of a trend, your teen got caught up in that trend because they didn't feel like they belonged, because they were struggling with their current peer relationships, because they had low self-worth, because they felt they were different. So either way, they're still going to need that support to help them walk through their gender dysphoria or their new identity. And if not that, then they still have to work through all of the issues that got them into a position where they were more susceptible to following that trend, which is that low self-esteem or low self-worth or feeling like they couldn't fit in. So
1: either way, they still have those issues to work through. At the end of the day, we want our kids to be happy. We want our children to feel loved, to feel significant, and to be who they were meant to be not who we wanted them to be, and not who their friends want them to be. It's complicated. It's nuanced. It's controversial. It's challenging. For some of us, it's new. It's different. It's change. It means having an open heart and an open mind and suspending judgment, as difficult as that can be. Can we truly say that we love our children and we don't accept them? Can someone feel loved if they know who they are is not accepted by their parents? I don't know the answer. But I do know it's important that we, we seek to understand, that we try to educate ourselves, that we open up our hearts, that we lead with love. I mean, if you lead with love with all things and we stop trying to control other people, really, if we just stop trying to control other people and we let God do his thing and we let love take over... It's a lot easier way to live. I try to live my life thinking, okay, what what is going to bring me the greatest amount of peace? And trying to change other people's beliefs, trying to change other people's hearts or their minds or their political views or their stance on masks or vaccines or or any of those things or or their gender for that matter. It's, It's all outside my control. The only thing that I can control is my reaction. So thank you for listening and thank you for having an open heart and an open mind and suspending your judgment. And I think I'm going to let a few very wise women close us out.
5: Having gone through the hardest part, I can say he's definitely who he was meant to be and he is full of life and vibrant. And when he laughs, he lights up the room. So the struggle was definitely worth it
13: because he's here with us today. You're going to get through this. Believe me, it takes a
4: team, but you'll get through it. You get to a point where you can move forward and you need to focus on yourself because God changes you, yourself, the parent. He changes you. He grows you. And even though it's devastating and it's shocking, there is growth in all of this and there is love.
1: Thanks for listening. As always, we will put resources in our show notes. I'm going to have those on my blog. You just go to shaleen.com. The books that we talked about, additional resources for you, including a few YouTube channels, the links to the articles that I mentioned, and the research that I mentioned will also be listed there. And as always, if you have something you want to share about this episode, please join us inside the pod squad. You just go to Facebook and type in Pod Squad. And uh, you'll answer a few questions, including how to pronounce my name, which is Shaleen, like shut the door, like Shaleen Dion. It's a great group. I encourage you to join. And if you would like to share your own words of wisdom, perhaps to be featured on a future episode, if you yourself are transgender, I would love to hear your perspective. Please leave me a voicemail message by going to shaleen.com forward slash podcast. And again, thank you for supporting our show sponsors. I love you. I mean it, and I can't wait for you to hear Wednesday's episode. We're going to lift you back up on Wednesday. Brett said to me today, you know, your shows lately have been really heavy. I said, well, growth is heavy. You know, we, we do the light stuff too, and Wednesday's going to be very fun. So I'm looking forward to you to hearing that. Anyways, thanks for being here. I love you. Thanks for your support. You guys are the bomb.com. Love you, mean it. Bye.